0: Like he said, my name is Tyler Ruane, and uh, I know these guys in the front row right here, so. Um, I've been coming to Big House for 10 years of my life, so long time. Uh, Two years as a student, eight years as a volunteer, and not one time in those 10 years have I wore jeans to Big House. So I did it for you guys, it's a really big deal to me that I'm with you guys here, wore jeans. They're really like, they bind right here. And you can't even see my American flag socks. And but I'm, it's for you guys, all right? <clears throat> um, in my 10 years of coming to Big House, I've realized that whenever you get up here for the first time, you have to either show pictures of your kids or show pictures of you as a kid. So I'm going to go with showing pictures of my kids and tell you a little bit about my family and I. So I have a slide here. We'll go left to right here. On the left that 's not chad michael murray that 's actually me. We get confused <laughs> quite a bit it 's kind of funny but and I teach second grade at hanson elementary i um, 've been doing that for about six years now, and then the child holding the live lion that is my oldest son landon he 's four years old. He has dreams of being a Sakura chef someday, but he 's <laughs> afraid of the fire so If you go to Sakura, like in 20 years, and someone else comes out and starts the fire, and then the chef comes out, that's my son, Landon. Tell him I say hi. Uh, Clarence is our dog in the middle there. He has hopes of being a Walmart greeter someday. You can ask um, our neighbor, Elliot, about his skills. Anytime Elliot comes out of his side door, or even really thinks about coming out of his side door, and Clarence is outside, he is over to greet him in 0.9 seconds. I just can't tell if the bark is filled with anger or filled with joy, but that's for the people of Walmart to figure out, you know. Then we've got uh, my wife, Megan. She, um, uh, we've been married for, oh boy, six years, seven, something like that. She works at Pete Junior High. She's a school administration manager. And... um, she really helps me make wise choices. Like, I had an idea of turning these jeans into, like, ripaway away jeans and then having shorts on underneath. She told me not to do that, so... You can thank her. Could have been a badly wardrobe malfunction, but... Lastly uh, is our youngest son, Dawson. He is two years old, and he has had dreams for a while of being a dinosaur when he grows up. When he was one, he made the most realistic pterodactyl sound I've ever heard in my life. He's kind of moved on to Aurora now, but we really want to help him pursue that dream. So, that's my family there. I love them a lot. Um, I have mentioned that I am a teacher at Hanson Elementary, and um, I wanted to kind of give you a picture of all who I am, more than a teacher, before we get into my story. So, my wife and I um, were pretty honest with each other, brutally honest. She helped put together this char- these list of characteristics that describe me. All right, so we've got giving, faithful, teacher, Christian, sarcastic, easygoing, judgmental, sinner, husband, patient, selfish, Maxinista, funny, and father. I do love TJ Maxx. It's, it's true. And she put that on there, not me. But um, And this just shows you I am, <clears throat> I'm up here, but there's no way I deserve to be up here. I'm very broken. Um, Megan can tell you. Anybody around me can tell you. Very, I mean, I have my judgmental moments. I'm very sarcastic. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. And I love to shop at TJ Maxx. But that's a little bit about who I am. And um, hopefully, I'll give you an idea as we kind of dive into my story here. Um, Selfish is up there, I believe. No. Yes, it is. OK. And I really thought I was going to get to tell you guys my story. I was very excited. It's all going to be about me. And then I started putting the story together a little bit. And I found out that it's actually not the story of Tyler. It's the story of Tigus, which is actually Tyler, Megan, and Jesus. And it worked out because Tigus is actually my underground rapper name. So <laughs> it really, I mean, God really has a plan all through it all. And you can check out my latest release that came out last Friday, Tigus. Um, a verse that really tells the story of Tigus. You hear it a lot at weddings. Um, it's Ecclesiastes 4.12, I think I have a slide of it, and it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The cool thing about the story of Tigus is when I started my Christian journey where I actually was pursuing Christ, I spent a lot of my life not pursuing Christ, but when I started it, Megan, who is my wife, was the spark. She's the one who started the fire, she's been there through it all, and Jesus has been there through it all, trying really hard with me, but he was obviously especially there um, when I started. Now in our marriage, that cord of three strands is something that we work towards every day, and there are certainly days where we don't have Christ at the center, but it's something that we really try to live our lives by. So this is the story of Tigus. all right? It started um, with me being born May 26, 1988. I have a mom and a dad and a younger brother who is three years younger than me. Um, my early memories of going to church and faith life or anything that I could come up with from those early years involved me just trying to get out of church on Sundays. That was really the only time that I was around Jesus or Christians or anything that I knew of. And that hour was the longest hour of my life. And so I tried to figure out ways to shorten it. And sometimes we'd have to do church and Sunday school, which turned into two hours. Then there was like a 15-minute block. It was awful, all right? So my first tactic was to fight with my brother to the point that my mom would get embarrassed and we would get taken out of church early. It was awesome. She was really mad after, really mad for like maybe a couple days, but I got out of church early. It was a great plan. Then eventually that stopped working. And so my brother and I got together, came up with a new plan, and before there were cell phones, people actually got up through like alarm clocks and the fancy ones had radios in them. They were pretty awesome and they were powered by the wall. And so we would sneak in to my mom and dad's room on Sunday morning, probably about an hour before they were to wake up. We would unplug the alarm clock and plug it back in, make it seem like the power went out. Great idea. They would sleep right through church. We wouldn't have to go on Sundays. It worked too for a few times. They literally thought the power went out. It was awesome. We didn't have to go to church. And then eventually we had done enough where they started to figure it out. And I think it was my brother who got caught, because I don't think I would ever get caught. I think it was him that got caught. And they were pretty mad when that happened as well. So that came to an end, and uh, I had to just deal with sitting through church. Those were kind of my elementary years. Then um, we got into junior high, and every junior high kid, according to my parents, goes through confirmation. So I was going to go through confirmation. I tried to explain to them that I think confirmation is when you confirm your faith and that I didn't have any faith at that time, so I would be exempt from confirmation. They did not agree with that. They said, everybody goes through confirmation, so you'll be going through confirmation. Um, I had some adults. I had a couple uncles who really tried with me. I had a great small group leader who was with me for all three years, made zero progress whatsoever with me, but came every single Sunday night. There were some Sundays where he would show up late and we thought, oh, we finally broke him. He's not coming back. He's not here. And then he'd show up and we're like, how is he back again? We just drive him nuts every week. And he just kept coming back. And as I look back on it now, I kind of realized that he he knew that God had a plan for him. God was using him to plant seeds in us. He knew that he was getting nowhere on a daily basis with us, but he was able to look maybe five or ten years down the road, and maybe something that he told us would stick with us. Um, I went out with confirmation with a bang. There's a culminating activity where you get to write a faith statement and you get to share it with a big group, a section of the congregation, not the whole, not like a Sunday morning, um, but some of the congregation. So I'm really good at reading people. I knew exactly what the leaders of my confirmation program, which I'm sure it was a great program. I just wasn't interested in it. I knew what they wanted me to write, and so I wrote exactly what they were looking for. They okayed it all. I got checks, marks. I was ready to be confirmed or graduate. And then time came to come up there and share my faith statement. And I basically just turned the papers over and didn't read anything that was written on it explained to the congregation that I didn't have any faith, I don't know why I was up here, and that I really did not want to be confirmed. It was obviously a very disrespectful act that did not go over well with the leaders of the church and my parents as well. But I was still confirmed. So (laughs) still got it done, because every junior high kid does it. Um, That was a little tough to recover from. I was in a lot of trouble for a while for that one. But that kind of ended my junior high years. And we move into high school a little bit. Um, my wife put together a nice little collage, because I wanted to show a picture of me as a kid as well. That's uh, me in high school. Uh, top right, that's me doing the YMCA, I believe, something like that. I didn't have the letters going. And then graduation or headed to Hogwarts, one or the other in the middle. And bottom one, I'm really excited about prom, and that guy in the background does have a mullet, so we had a pretty fun prom party. But my high school years, before I talk about them a little bit, I've got to dive back into elementary. I tried to think of the first time that I was really mad at God. I didn't really know who God was, but I knew when things go wrong, adults get mad at God. He's the one that you're supposed to be mad at. When my grandma died, my dad was really mad at God. So I knew that was what's supposed to happen. In elementary, um, Cedar Falls closed in elementary, and those kids had to go somewhere. So they came to my school, and to make room for them, um, my fr- a few of my friends, three or four really good ones, had to go to a different school. They redrew the lines. I was so mad about that. Um, I didn't understand why these kids needed to come to my school and my friends needed to leave. Um, I didn't want anything to do with the kids who were coming from the school that closed. I didn't want to have class with them. I didn't want to eat lunch with them. I just couldn't stand that they were the ones that took my friends away. Um, But two people um, were in that group. One was named Luke Patterson that came over, and one was named Megan Mackey. Those two names are going to help tell my high school story. Um, So I get into high school, um, sophomore year. I had been really good friends with that Luke Patterson guy. When he came in fifth grade, he was unaware that I was the math king of Cedar Heights Elementary, those time tests. People would do one, I would do like four or five. It was amazingly gifted. But he was doing like three or four. And so I immediately identified him as an enemy and tried to figure out how to destroy him. So I kind of befriended him in hopes of destroying him. And then I found out that we had a lot more in common than I thought. I mean, he liked sports, he was really good at math. He liked Ace Ventura, which was a great movie back then. Most of you probably haven't seen it, it's amazing. Um so we became friends, and I still have yet to destroy him to this day. But um he was a great friend. He grew up, I believe, at Naz and Orchard Hill. He had a great church family. He had a faith from when he was really young, and he wasn't always um open with it because I think he knew that I didn't have any faith at all. Um but sophomore year, we were eating lunch, we've always ate lunch together. Sophomore, junior, high or senior year of high school, we had the same lunch shift, always sat at the same table. And every Wednesday, he would invite me to this Big House thing starting sophomore year. And I did the only sensible thing that I could think of at that time. I said no, and then I made fun of him, made fun of Big House, made fun of anybody who goes to Big House. Um, That's just kind of what I did when I didn't want, I kind of acted like I was too good for Big House, I didn't need Big House, I don't know why I would go, but he would continue to ask. And he would not get upset either when I said no or made fun of it, he's just like, all right. And I think in his head, he's like, oh, I'll probably ask next week. But he asked all sophomore year, stayed away, continued junior year. I thought I would be done since I said no for an entire year. Continued junior year. Every day at lunch or every Wednesday at lunch, he would ask. And then junior year, um, he started bringing his neighbor girl around. They were friends. Her name was Megan Mackey, and she had come from Valley Park as well. And she was kind of hanging out with our group, and I was a little interested in her, or you could say she was the only thing I thought about for a while, one or the other. Um, and I was really, this is the first time, never had a girlfriend, never kissed a girl, nothing like that. And she, I was very interested, I couldn't stop thinking. <laughs> and then I heard that she goes to Big House around January, February. So I was kind of ready. He was like, one day, one day in February at lunch, he's like, oh, Tyler, do you want to go to Big House with me? I was like, yeah, you know what, I'll give it a try so you guys finally be quiet. And he's like, he wasn't shocked or anything. He goes, all right, you can pick me up at 6.50, we'll head up there. I was like, well, now I'm giving him a ride. (laughs) And he didn't even give me a shocked response. It seemed like he expected me to say yes. So I pick him up, we head up here, they sing, I stand there and wonder what everybody's doing. Dave Bartlett. oh, no, first I found out where Megan was sitting. And then didn't sit by her because that would be coming on way too strong. So I sat with my buddies and watched her during most of it, which is a real a little weird, but we didn't have Facebook back then. That's how you creeped, all right? I'm sorry, is this what we did? Um, so we sang, then Dave Bartlett comes up here and he starts giving the sex talk. He's talking about opening a present or giving your present away. I looked around, there's no presents. So I, I was pretty upset, you could say. He's saying some terms that my parents haven't said to me yet. It was intense. And then I survived that. They sing again. I stand awkwardly. And we're done. Thank goodness. I find Megan, chat it up, you know, spit some game. I don't know if you guys still say that. It's good. I'm getting a yes from that. And then my job is done. She's ready to take off. I'm telling Luke, hey, let's round this thing up. I'm ready to take off. And Luke is like, no, no, that's just, it's half over. You get small group. It's like, oh, my gosh. Did you not realize what I just went through, Luke? I mean, that's painful. I didn't even get a present. (laughs) So we go to small group. It's right over. um, Oh, that was different, remodeled. It was over in that area. Um, I know the small group leader. Pretty awesome. It was a guy named Brett Williams. He was my sophomore baseball coach. He taught me a great life lesson that when you hit a home run, you touch all four bases, not just two of them. I made that mistake, but he taught me it. I learned from it. He was a solid guy. I had fun with him sophomore year. So I was a little excited about that. I knew some of the guys. I didn't talk much, I introduced myself, and then I really just sat there silently judging people. You know, I was like, that guy's, he's gone way farther with a girl than what he's saying right there. That guy's never gonna be able to do that. That guy's dumber than a box of rocks. And that's basically what my first few nights of small group were like. But I was surviving them, you know. Didn't have to say anything. They were cool with that. I sat there, silently judged them, and um, moved on with life. I continued to go. I would always check with Megan, though, to make sure she was going to Big House before I made that commitment. Because if I went and she wasn't there, waste of two and a half hours. (laughs) So we're in small group. Keep going. And a lot of the other guys in small group had some really smart answers. And Brett really liked it. He was like, oh, that's a great answer, you know? And they were quoting Bible verses and telling about these stories they hadn't heard of. So I started to read the Bible. And a lot of people talk about, like, your motives of it, and that's not a very good motive to start reading the Bible. But hey, I started reading the Bible. That was the first time that I really started, and it's continuing on to this day. Terrible motive to do it, but it started. God had a plan. And I was looking up, um, reading all Matthew, Mark. I was learning all about those guys. Um, And I thought I had some good, like, quotes that I was going to wow Brett with. So we got a small group, and I started talking a little bit, and I shared some of these amazing answers. Brett was like, oh, yeah, that's good. The other guys were like, oh, yeah, he's growing, yeah, he's doing a great job. So I was getting all this positive feedback, was loving it. Then one week, I don't know if you guys know Brett Williams, but he came out of the womb with a beard, and so he's always had it. And it gauges his mood. We were convinced that it would turn red when he would get angry. And we could see the beard starting to turn red a little bit one night. We were all spitting off these great answers. And uh, the beard was turning, I mean, it was bright red. And then all of a sudden he goes, guys, you just got to stop, okay? I just want real answers. I've been in high school. I've led a small group, many small groups before. I know what the right answers are. And you're telling me them, so I know them again. I just want your answers. That's all I want is real answers. So naturally, no one else talked for the rest of the night, or for a couple nights after that. Just silence. Brett was patient. He would say a couple things here, then just let it be silent. Some of you heard earlier this year that I often took my shirt off during small group to try to get attention, so I continued with that, which made everything more awkward. <laughs> and then one week, we're in the middle of a small group, and one brave soul says, hey, this person in the talk tonight talked about this. I can't remember what it was. And he goes, I really struggle with that. And then there was like a couple minutes, then another brave soul says, "Hey, I really struggle with that too." And all of a sudden, it's just like it spark. I mean, it just spread. We were talking about this one struggle that wasn't a huge struggle, wasn't our main struggle, but was something we had in common. We kind of figured out how we could be real with each other and how we could trust each other, and it just took off from there. Our small group only got better from there on. The senior year was one of the greatest years of my life. We were we had a great friend group. We were holding each other accountable to not drinking. We were trying to um, keep each other away from girls and doing anything with that that would not be um, living the Christian life. We did this thing um, in the hallways of the school. You can be a Christian in the hallways of the school. I know I was shocked as well. We would tell each other to bounce our eyes to keep them from doing lustful thoughts. We would read the Bible together in study hall because that's way better than schoolwork. I mean, who would do school work in study hall? It was, we were just pushing each other, so accountable, so real with each other. We had this trust. It was an amazing, amazing year. Um, And then I graduated um, high school, and I went to UNI, Megan went to UNI, and then this friend from my small group went to Iowa, this friend went to Iowa State, this friend went to Central, this friend went to Georgia Tech, this friend went all the way out to San Francisco, and so I was left with no guy friends whatsoever to hold me accountable. I did have Megan, though, luckily, and um, we were able to kind of grow a little bit in our faith together, but I didn't really feel like I was able to lead our relationship spiritually like I had in high school, and I know I talked with Brett a lot about that. Um, If we were going to be dating, I was going to be the one who was going to try to lead, and we were going to be in this together and try to do those three chords. I just didn't have the fire to do. I didn't have the guys. I didn't have the small group. And so I, I, I was hanging out with, I didn't have any guy friends, Megan moved into the dorms and made a bunch of friends, so I was hanging out with a bunch of girls and I couldn't talk to them about any of the things so that I talked to a small group. Um, so that first semester was really tough. And then Brett Williams, that guy comes back again, he introduced me to a college ministry leader named Matt Hofer, and he was gonna put together a small group of freshman guys, and hey, I was a freshman guy, this was gonna be perfect. And Brett is so amazing. He joined the small group with me because I didn't know any of the guys and was a little worried about that. He joined it, was a co-leader. We went through a book, Every Young Man, God's Man. I had never gone through a book before. And next thing you know, that trust is back with those guys. And I've got a group of guys that can hold me accountable, that can, we can push each other to grow. Um, it was just an amazing feeling because I felt like I was getting back on track. Throw in a spring break trip with my old high school friends We went to Atlanta. We did some mission work there, but had some fun as well. And um, college just got so much better. Megan and I's relationship got so much better. Christ was so close to the center during that time, and uh, I can't thank the people around me of this community enough for all that they have done. And as I think back on this, God's plan has always been great for me. And um, I've got uh, a verse here, Philippians three thirteen, that says, "Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do." Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Hey, there it is. Um, and that was a verse that I found freshman year of college, Megan and I. And I wrote it on everything. You know, it's just it was something that I lived by. Um, no matter what doors closed on me, no matter who left, I was always going to forget um, what was behind and strain towards what was ahead. And it talks about the goal of glorifying God. And um, that's just a verse that's always been with me um, throughout. And God has had such a great plan for me. I'm going to close here with. Five lessons that I wish I would have learned in high school, but I've learned since, and it reminded me of this character from a movie, uh, Patches O'Houlihan. Anybody know Patches O'Houlihan? He's got five D's: Dodge, Duck, Dip, Dive, and Dodge. If you've ever played dodgeball, those are important. All right. So I've got five lessons that I wish I would have learned. Uh, The first one: God's plan is better. Don't be selfish. And God's plan for me—it's so tough. Everybody says. Oh just trust God, follow his plan. We're like what does that mean? And I think for me it means don't seek out anything that's for me like selfish. Like I never ever sought out a girlfriend. It just happened. I never ever sought out marriage, you know? And then all of a sudden God put on Megan and I's heart. We had a bunch of conversations and prayer. We're like, "Hey, we're in college, so we're not supposed to get married, but we feel like we should. I'm sure our parents are going to be very upset about this, but we feel like it's God's plan." So we went with it, and they were a little upset at first, but then it was all fine. God's plan is great. I had plans to go to Drake and be a lawyer. I would have been a terrible lawyer. So glad, God. Um, One night, he put a person in my life, and they invited me to a fifth and sixth grade lock-in. They said, hey, come here. You get to throw dodgeballs at little kids. It'll be awesome. And I figured out, well, throwing dodgeballs at little kids is awesome, but that I love kids. And that right there is the event that sparked me going into elementary education and spending so many times, so much time with kids. Um, God's plan is great. Seek him and kind of let your selfish ambitions go kind of into the background there. Um, two, I didn't get to talk about this much, but a lot of people kind of relate to it. Sarcasm for me equaled fear and hiding. This happened um, when we were doing premarital counseling with Jeff and Cindy Mickey. Megan and I were starting to really try to get honest with each other, and she was like, your sarcasm really hurts me, and it hurts other people, and you kind of keep from answering some questions with it. And I am a really sarcastic person, and I have used it to hurt other people and kind of not be real with other people. So I had to tell Megan that that's something I want to work on. I had to tell my close friends that that's something I wanted to work on so they could hold me accountable and uh, help me get that out of my life. And it's still there, but it's definitely not as big of a part as it was um lesson number three share your faith with others i do not want to share anything with anybody if you try to get a piece of shrimp off my secure plate plate it is the end of the world and is on you're going down okay so this is tough for me but something that god wants you to do and it's so rewarding make your faith your own make it real and then share it with others so that they can make their faith their own from what they hear from you. And that's what we're supposed to do here on this earth. We're supposed to help build his kingdom, and it happens when you share your faith with others. Um, Lesson four, choose joy. This is something, when you do share your faith with others, you open yourself up and you become vulnerable. It's really scary. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen to you and doesn't mean that bad things aren't gonna happen to your Christian friends. In my journey, I've had Christian friends who have had to deal with alcohol addiction, uh, premarital sex that led to a pregnancy of an amazing little girl. Um, I've had a friend who has cheated on his wife which started events that led to a divorce. It's been very, very tough. Good things have not always happened to me when I'm a Christian. So you have to figure out how to choose joy in those moments, especially if it's a friend so that you can walk beside them and show them that there's a way to choose joy. It's really tough, and some of the times we're really going to stink through those struggles, but there is always a way with Jesus to choose joy. And the fifth lesson: God's plan is better. Don't be selfish. Patches had dodge twice, so I get to have this twice. Um, seriously, his plan is way better than mine. His plan, I'm sorry, is way better than yours. Um, Try try to put um, him first and really try to figure out what he wants for your life. Um, I'm going to invite the band up, and then I'm going to pray. And um, I just thank you for letting me be up here. Uh, dear Jesus, I thank you so much for everyone in this room tonight. I thank you for the kids. I thank you for the band. I thank you for the core staff and the small group leaders. Um, I know that uh, you are at work here. I was in these seats once, and you were at work then, and you're still at work now. Um, This is a place where um, eternity can completely change for someone. We're here on earth for such a short time, and eternity is so, so, so much longer than what we're here. And I know that choosing you leads to an eternity of happiness and joy. I just pray that um, tonight, People in this room, as we get into small groups, can help figure out either steps towards choosing a way of living a life for you or steps to grow in living a life for you. Amen.